Hey Property Insiders, I'm Mike Stenhouse and this is episode 218 of the Inside Property Investing Podcast where I'm joined by the sales director of One Savings Bank to unravel some myths and misconceptions around the world of HMO mortgages, valuations and investor track records. Before we get into the show, I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsors. You are probably already well aware that Sheffield is one of the most up-and-coming cities in the UK, dubbed by many as the next Manchester, so now more than ever seems like a great time to enter the market as an investor. If high-yielding single lets are what you're looking for, then look no further than Great Central, the stunning new development from Night Knox in the heart of Sheffield. With a range of options from luxury studios up to three-bedroom apartments and prices from only £110,000, Night Knox are your ideal partner to find your next investment property and help with everything from mortgage advice right through to ongoing property management. To find out more about this great investment opportunity at Great Central, go to www.insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash Great Central or call one of their expert property advisors on 0161 772 1370, where they can provide a range of information on this development and all of their other projects across the Northwest. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Adrian Maloney, the sales director of One Savings Bank. However, you'll likely be more familiar with their two trading companies, Kent Reliance and Interbay Commercial. Now, I've asked Adrian to come on the show to unravel some of the myths and uncertainties around mortgages, particularly relating to HMO-specific products, as it seems to be a common area of disagreement amongst investors and potentially dangerous misinformation being banded around. So hopefully we can set the record straight. But Adrian, first of all, welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, Mike, and thanks for inviting me. So, Adrian, just to to kind of set the scene a little bit, I suppose, like I say, we're going to focus the bulk of this on HMO finance, HMO mortgage products. But, I mean, tell me a little bit about yourself. First of all, how did you get into the position of... (laughs) Yeah, well, I've I've been in this market for for 20 years. Um, A couple of other brands before I joined uh, One Savings Bank two years ago. Um, I spent 15 years with with Nationwide working on... uh, their brand that they have in buy select called the Mortgage Works, um, and then come over to to join uh, One Savings Bank two years ago to help grow um, our distribution in both our, our Kemp Reliance and, and of course more recently in our Interbay Commercial um, brand. Um, we only deal through the intermediary channel, so part of my role was to to set up and grow the sales force here. Superb. And and what about One Savings Bank itself? Then what is their background? How long have they been around for? Um, so so. It, uh, one Savings Bank um, took over what was the old Kemp Reliance um, Building Society um, several years ago. We were the first, I guess, of the uh, the new, new boats on. Um, we do various types of lending, so um, we lend through uh, our Kemp Reliance on um, uh, buy, you know, sort of what I call more standard buy to let, I guess, um, and residential mortgages. Um, and through Interbay Commercial, we we do our sort of refurb. Um, short-term lending if you want uh, bridging, um, some of the larger portfolio lending and some of the larger, more complex, uh, I guess, HMOs and uh, uh, larger buy-to-let stock. 
Okay. So, I mean, covering the whole spectrum there amongst the two different brands. And as you say, it's a sort of intermediary only uh, company. So I guess, you know, on a simple level, it means that you have to go to your broker. But when you are dealing with your broker, you can absolutely make requests to, you know, your preference is known, I suppose. And with, uh, you know, our track record with Kent Reliance, we've got a few products with you guys that have been superb in terms of, um, you know, the loan to values that we get, the valuations tend to be quite good. So it's the type of thing that you could go to your broker and say, look, I've heard that Kent Reliance are good. I've heard that Interbay are good. Can you have a look at what those rates are? That's definitely an option, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously a broker will, will, will look at the whole of the market. I guess in particular, Kent Reliance over um, the last uh, couple of years has very much been at the forefront of the professional landlord market, which seems to be um, the sector following, I guess, the the, the tax changes mm. um, and the PRA changes that, that seems to be the area of the market that continues to grow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like I say, what I really want to focus on specifically is, is some of the uncertainties around the HMO finance products. And there's a couple of different things that we're going to look at. So we'll look at it from the investor perspective, what you look for in the investor, the owner, the landlord, whatever you want to yeah. call them in terms of their experience and track record. We'll look at some of the differentials between property types, so puts and mortar valuations and commercial valuations, um, and that kind of way of determining what their likely end value will be up front is going to be extremely useful as well. Yeah. But let, let's start off with that investor then, because this is a question that I get asked a lot of the time is, you know, can I go from having no property experience straight into HMOs? And one of the, the biggest stumbling blocks there, I suppose, is that some lenders are a little bit concerned about, you know, HMOs as a, a new investment strategy for someone who's a little bit green, doesn't have a huge amount of experience. So from, from your point of view, where does their experience come into it when you're making the decision on who you lend to? Yeah, that's a really good question, Mike. And, and I think the beauty of um, dealing with the brands or, or our brands, if you like, is, it, you know, we're not computer based. So all of our cases are uh, individually assessed by a, a very experienced um, underwriter, which gives us the, the opportunity to gauge um, a little bit more about the applicant, a little bit more of an understanding about what they're intending to do. So, you know, it, we say experience. So, you know, it might be someone who's got one buy to let. It might be someone who's got 15 buy to lets. We will lend up to 85% um, loan to value for, for any existing landlord um, on a HMO basis, subject to us being happy with the overall case. But unlike, I guess, uh, a number of our competitors or a number of the what I call the vanilla buy-to-let lenders, where it's a, a very automated process, we will allow them to borrow, you know, a first-time landlord looking to buy a but lend against a, a HMO or borrow a, for a HMO to borrow up to 80% loan to value. So we've got a little bit, if you, if you like, more headroom in terms of, of, of LTV. Um, and it may well be that we, we look at the, the geographics to, to where they're buying in a, in a bit more detail or as part of that underwriting process, ask them a few more questions to get a greater understanding of, of why they're going into this market. I mean, I think the thing with HMOs is, of course, the, the, at the moment, the yields are, are so positive is that you are seeing certainly some more experienced landlords um, go into that market, but also the people who are looking to get into investment, if their strategy is for, um, I guess, a, a monthly or annual return, HMOs can, can provide um, a, a greater return than perhaps a single, single, singular family dwelling. Mm. Um, so, you know, experience isn't everything, but you should be prepared that you may get asked more questions as part of the underwriting process 
or there may be a wider assessment of, of, of the type of property that you're looking to buy, you know, where it is, for example, is it close to a university? What's your strategy um, around the, the, the multi-let? But certainly for the experienced landlord um, or experienced investor, we, we very regularly lend up to 85% loan to value. Okay. So I guess, I mean, the, the, the good news coming out of that then is that HMOs are an option for people getting into property investing for the first time, obviously subject to uh, the deal stacking up in its own right and a few other things, but it, it is something they can look at. I think you said the difference there was someone without any, any experience, any previous property track record, the maximum you'd go to is 80%. Correct. And with more experience, you could get as much as 85% loan value. And I think we're still the only um, only uh, lender out there that does eighty five percent on um, on buy to lets at the moment. I, I think you are certainly from what I've seen. I mean, what what's Kent Reliance's or is that is that Kent Reliance and Interbear? Is it just Kent Reliance? Yeah, through both through, through both brands, Mike, we'll end up to eighty five percent on uh, on buy to lets. Why, why do you think the I guess one savings bank then are comfortable up to eighty five percent when the other banks are still sitting around a seventy five percent maximum? Yeah, well, we've, 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 as I said, you know, ours is not a computer-based yes or no. We've got a very experienced team that we've built up both here and at our, our Interbay brand over the last five years. Um, internally as well, we have a, a commercial real estate department. Now, I guess in, in plain English, that's a, a sort of valuation team whereby we can refer properties over to them to, to give us a, I guess, a second opinion to make sure that the demand, et cetera, is there. But, you know, we, we look at a lot wider wider picture when we're assessing an applicant in terms of, you know, if they're experienced, what's their, the, the rest of their portfolio like? Do they have a business plan? Quite often when you get to a certain level of borrowing with the bank, we'll, we'll conduct a, a personal interview. Um, and it just enables us to have a, a better all-round knowledge of, of what that landlord's intentions are. Okay, great stuff. And just to, uh, although we're talking about HMO products generally here, is that 85% also available on sort of single family buy-to-lets as well? Correct, yeah. So yeah, yes, they're 85% right the way across our, our, our ranges there, whether that's, uh, we have two ranges within Kent, one is standard, one is specialist, and it's normally driven um, by the type of property um, that you're uh, acquiring or refinancing on there. So yeah, and, and again, that's the same in Interbay. Great stuff. Okay. So then the other thing I suppose that we, we often find people asking about getting a little bit confused about is this difference between a commercial HMO valuation and a sort of residential or bricks and mortar yeah. HMO. So, I mean, from a, a bank's perspective, how do you differentiate between the two different types? Um, generally, it's, it, it's, I mean, certainly between the, 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 the two brands, we, we have some differentials. So within Kemp Reliance, it's generally a, a bricks and um, uh, mortar valuation if it's less than, than eight beds, for example. Um, and when we tend to go through the Interbay brand, um, that's where you would get, if you like, an investment or a commercial valuation. So when you deal with, with, with Kemp Reliance, it is based on, on, on bricks and mortar. It's generally using local comparable um, evidence such as sales. Um, one of the things around that is that it may or may not um, include uh, other HMOs within the comparables, depending, of course, on the, the availability of, of that comparable or indeed the, the relevance. Um, the rental assessment there is then done on a, a, a best rental via, via a room basis, whereas um, what we often see, Mike, if you like, for some of the, the larger HMOs um, is that investors like to have a, a commercial valuation. And quite often, from that point of view, they'll go through the, um, the Interbay brand. 
um, where they can get a yield-based valuation. And, and the formula is relatively simple. So uh, to obtain the market value, it's generally annual rental income by yield times 100. And if I can bring that to life a, a little bit, if you had a property where the annual rental income is £15,000 a year and the yield um, was 6%, you calculate the market value on 15,000 divided by six times 100, which would give you a market value of 250,000 okay. pounds. Um, also within that, um, I guess where we, where we see it quite often is, you know, where people might want to use the overall floor space. So for example, they may have, um, you know, it, it may not be about doing necessarily um, a room by room basis, but it may be small studio self-contained flats which through um, the ordinary uh, sort of buy-to-let lenders wouldn't meet the necessary um, square meterage. Sure. So again, they, they, they put it through using an investment value. Okay. So in terms of reaching those valuations, and that sounds fairly straightforward. Yeah. Commercial stuff, it's a sort of yield-based calculation. It's difficult to argue with that. I guess the, the sort of um, the bricks and mortar when you're looking at comparables, it can be to an extent dependent on I mean, if, if a few HMOs have sold in your area, it's probably going to increase the values a little bit. So you might be Correct. getting a slightly better valuation. I, I think I think the difficulty you've got, Mike, with, um, uh, you know, and there's pros and cons to the, the, the bricks and mortar valuation. So from a speed and, and, and um, uh, I guess, transactional point of view, they, mm. they're done quite quickly. Obviously, you have to go out to, to separate panels for um, the sort of investment or commercial um, valuations, and they tend to be more expensive. Um but what, what you what you, you you do get, I guess, in if, if you're buying in an area where HMOs are predominant, and um, the comparables are not so difficult. If you, for example, were looking to do a multi-let in a row of terraced houses where the rest are residential around that, obviously that becomes harder in some instances for the valuer to gain comparables. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's maybe when the the valuers will will take a bit more of a, a judgment call on things. I suppose, and is that you know you hear people talk about hybrid valuations, which I don't think actually exist, but they maybe feel like they're getting a slightly inflated value because the the valuer is looking at it from a slightly broader perspective than just what the next door neighbor's house is worth. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you do get them here, depending on savings bank or the complexity of. Um, of the property you're looking to purchase. As I mentioned earlier, we have a, 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 an internal real estate department. Quite often what we see here is, particularly for some of the interbay HMOs, um, and you know, to give you an example, I think we, uh, I mentioned to you earlier, you know, recently we've done a, a very large student accommodation HMOs um, where it's had over 50 rooms, is that we've been able to bring, um, before we did, you know, at, at an early stage, I guess, of the application, we've been able to, to get our real estate team to review the premises give us a bit of their expert opinion around that so that we've been able to, I guess, have a look at the deal and give the client some additional comfort up front. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's certainly helpful to do that. There's, I think a lot of people who haven't been through the valuation process before do have a lot of uncertainty going into things and they're making some pretty big assumptions on, you know, the end value of the, the property can make or break a deal if they're looking to get their finance back out of it and have a, you know, a, a positive return on investment. So, having some level of certainty at the start about what, you know, the expected end values to be much better to be realistic. I think than going optimistic and be disappointed. At the and, end. I, and I think you're right, Mike. I think one of the key things that we see with the more experienced landlords in this sector is, is that they have done their research up front. Generally, mm -hmm. you know, they, they potentially would go through an agent. They've got a property finder. They know the market that they're in. They know the type of tenants that, that, that they want in there. 
Um, and, and, and in doing that, they're a lot more prepared for the transaction up front. Sure. Now, I don't know if this is something that you'll have a huge amount of exposure to, Adrian, or if this is more maybe a question for some of the, uh, the valuation team down the line, but the so the, the valuation the difference between the, the commercial and the bricks and mortar that that makes sense but actually determining what would qualify for a commercial valuation versus a bricks and mortar valuation people say you know if you put an ensuite in every bedroom that makes a difference some people will say well you need to convert it from a commercial property into residential to get a commercial valuation are there any rules or guidelines that help your team determine whether it's going to get a bricks and mortar or commercial value i mean it it, it tends to be depending on what brand that that you go down um uh mike on there um i said uh, interbay is a commercial brand and it's set up in a commercial way for the vast majority on on kemp reliance where um whilst it's manually underwritten is, is is almost a straight through um auto instruct when you go to to, to pay your application or your valuation fee on there, that tends to be uh, 99% always um, always bricks and mortar. So I guess the easiest way for me to describe it is, is it is generally done on, on, on the number of, of rooms, but particularly for, for our two brands, it depends which route you go down in terms of Kemp Reliance is gonna be bricks and mortar, investment valuation or commercial valuation through, through the Interbay brand. Okay, so it's it's not as straightforward as saying, well, it was a, a house to start with, so it's only going to get a bricks and mortar valuation. It is worth, if you're looking for a commercial valuation, it's worth yeah. asking the question with your broker and seeing if Interbay is an option. Yeah, you, 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 you know, if, if your deal works better within the commercial valuation or you believe that that's the way to do it, then, um, of course, you should go down the, the commercial route. And, uh, you know, you, you do get charged the commercial pricing on, on the buy-to-lets through there. Um, albeit we've we've recently made a rate reduction on, on Interbase, we've got some very competitive rates there, as well as on our Kemp Reliance brand. Okay. And you mentioned competitive rates there. I mean, rates at the moment are, are still superb. Uh, they're, they're starting to creep up a little bit across the board, but you know, you're still getting some pretty good deals out there. And with you guys going up to 85%, as we mentioned, loan to value, it seems like you've still got quite a big appetite for lending on, on HMOs. Is is that the case? Are there any concerns that you've got about growing number of HMOs in particular areas or across the board as a whole? No, I, I mean, we, you know, uh, as a specialist lender and, and what I would consider to be one of the, the, the leaders in, in specialist buy-to-let, you know, we have a great understanding of um, the markets that we're in, um, you know, through a, our experience underwriting team. Um, be the, the support that we give to brokers on the ground and, and also see uh, there with um, the ability to utilize our, our real estate team there. Um, obviously, we rely on, on information given back to us via valuers, but, you know, the, the beauty of, of what we can do here, particularly, you know, for, for, for those, I guess, guys with a large, larger portfolio, perhaps a larger um, HMO portfolio is that we can do a lot of the, the heavy lifting up front and look at that deal and give a, an informed decision before they need to go to to application. Okay. And I mean, we've seen some lenders, I can't, the, one of the big lenders recently said that uh, they were going to stop lending on HMOs in Blackpool as an example. Yeah. No, right. no plans for you guys to do anything like that or is that something that you, do you review each geography on its own merits? Um, I, I mean, we've got no no restrictions. I think one of the, the the bits, you know, providing it's in 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 England or Wales, we don't currently lend in um, in, in Scotland. Okay. Uh, we don't have any restrictions in, in in terms of postcodes. We would look at a, each deal on its individual basis. Um, I guess sometimes you're reliant upon um, feedback from the the valuer that goes out and does that. You know, um, uh, without uh, you know, knowing the Blackpool market, 
overly well. I'd hazard a guess that there's a, a fair few guest houses and things up there mm-hmm. that, that may uh, have made said lender a little bit reluctant to lend there. But, um, you know, for us, um, it, it comes down to our, our, our knowledge and the information we get from the surveyor, um, but also uh, having a look at that, that landlord's portfolio as a, a I guess, a, a, in greater detail and a greater understanding of their market. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, there's no, again, you know, it's, uh, it's maybe not as clear cut, but there is, you know, everything is open. It's, uh, I guess if you've got something Correct. that I think is, is worth lending on, then it's always worth having that discussion. Absolutely. Okay. In terms of people making themselves as, as desirable as possible for account reliance or for any other broker to lend to, obviously the, the basics are things like making sure you've got a good credit history, but I mean, is there anything else that you are looking for? We spoke about track record a little bit earlier on. What, yeah. what, what makes a, a landlord or an investor, you know, a desirable asset for, for you, for, for a customer base? Well, you've, you've touched on the credit bit there. I mean, uh, as a lender ourselves, we don't look at personal income or insist that, that, that landlords have a, a minimum income. We just insist that they do have an income. Um, I guess in, in, in terms of the HMO market, the more experience you've got in your, your, your desired market that, that, that you target there is better. Obviously, we had the, uh, the PRA changes this year, so um, in, in, in terms of, of, if you like, stress testing that, mm-hmm. we looked at for them to have a, a business plan, asset and liability statement, and potentially a cash flow forecast to, to assess. So gathering that information um, together with your broker ahead of the application would certainly make your, your I guess, your journey or your, your buy-to-let application a lot easier to be assessed. Okay. And just a final sort of curveball question for you, Adrian, because I think I spotted this on Twitter just before we started recording. I think I saw one of your team post something about um, holiday letter service accommodation mortgages. Is that something that you're exploring now and offering as well? Um, so, so through Interbay Commercial, we already do holiday lets down there. So um, again, it sits very much in, in, in the commercial um, branding. Um, so, so yeah, we already have an offering out there. Um, and that, but it does sit within our commercial brand. Okay, just good to know that there are options yeah. there because it, you know it is typically quite a, a tight market in terms of finding options. So, just thought I'd uh, I'd raise that no, as who no is interested. So, in terms of um, I guess you know following up, we mentioned at the start um, intermediary only. So there is no sort of phone number for a Kent Reliance broker to say you know I want to I want to get a mortgage with you guys. You have to go through a broker, but. The, the best way of doing that, how can people, I guess, understand more about the products available and get that application process rolling? Um, as, as you rightly say, Mike, we only do through, deal through intermediaries. Um, we do have a website out there. We do, um, as you say, say, see some often see some things from us on, on social media. Um, but yeah, very much um, uh, intermediary led. Um, as uh, you know, I guess 90% of all buy-to-let lending in the UK is done through through the broker community. Um, you know, speak to your broker; they can send you various bits of information off our website, um, which has our criteria on there um, and, um, and and also our rates. Um, and that's the simplest way to get started. Perfect. Well, thanks for clearing up a few of those queries that we had i think it, you know overall i think it sounds pretty positive you are keen to lend it, it does seem like you know most people uh regardless of their sort of previous property background as long as they they meet the, the specific lending criteria their background doesn't need to come into a huge amount so it sounds like there are plenty of options out there whether it's on the the sort of bricks and mortar simpler smaller hmo or the commercial side of things and also like i say good to know about that service accommodation side of things as well that's uh you know there's a, another offering in the market there 
So yeah, appreciate your time, Adrian. Thanks for coming on. And, and thanks um, for having me, Mike. Yeah, no worries. I uh, hope we get the chance to chat again soon. Look forward to it. Thanks ever so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means a huge amount to me. Now, if HMO investing is the strategy that you're focusing on, then please do not waste all of your money on some course in a stuffy hotel conference room that you'll forget by the time you've driven home. Instead, for £150, you can get almost 15 hours of HMO video content that will teach you everything you need to know about how to find, fund, renovate, and manage your next HMO project. And with lifetime access to it, you can revisit any of the modules anytime that you like. If this sounds good, head over to insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash inside HMO investing to find out exactly what is included in each of the six modules. And I'll see you on the inside.